0: Aline Rezora knew an opportunity when she saw one. That's how she'd gotten out of a grimy orphanage on Absalom Station and adopted by a rich family. It was why she'd busted her ass to graduate at the top of her class. And it was why she'd rejected a cushy position at her father's bank for an edgecore middle management gig. But after all her hard work and careful planning... Here she was, on Soval's Folly, a good-for-next-to-nothing jungle planet in the vast. Officially, her assignment was supervising medical research into the weird flora and fauna that made up this world's biosphere. Edgecorp hoped to find a promising cure or medicinal that would rationalize the high cost of investing in this planet in the first place. Unofficially, she babysat scientists and occasionally accompanied a patrol just to stretch her legs. And that's how she'd gotten into her current situation. A dart as long as her forearm hissed out of the jungle, burying itself in the tree Aline was hiding behind. One of her escorts was already a corpse flat on the ground, a similar dart rising from his neck like a flagpole. Another member of her security team had fled when the ambush occurred, and the last of Aline's employees fired wildly into the brush, filling the leaves and the darkness with laser bursts. Aline gripped her arc pistol with both hands, but didn't waste a shot. She waited for an opportunity. There. As her man paused to reload, Aline saw a glimpse of Orange through the trees. It was one of the locals, the indigenous population of Soval's Folly. They called themselves Blykanders, but Edgecorp personnel just called them Bleaks. As the Bleak rose from a crouch to spit a three-foot needle, Aline spun around the tree and took the shot. Both projectiles hit their mark. Lightning struck the Bleak in the center of its body and it collapsed, limbs convulsing, and Aline's employees staggered backward, the long dart having pierced both his armor and his heart. But Aline was alive, and that's what mattered. Slowly, she stepped towards the bleak corpse. It was huge, with a long proboscis, a quiver of darts slung over its hulking body, and a simple amulet around its neck. Its skin was decorated with symbols drawn in a golden dye. They didn't usually travel alone. This one must have heard Aline and her soldiers coming and seized the chance to spring a trap. She wanted a memento, a trophy. Crouching down, she lifted the amulet from around the bleak's neck and slid it off the creature's long, flexible head. Noise. More of them. Drawn by weapons fire, probably. Quickly, she dropped the amulet over her head and started to run. Bleaks moved fast, they had good hearing, and they knew the jungle. She didn't like her chances. Sure enough, she soon heard them in the brush behind her. Faster, girl, faster! But as she opened up her stride to sprint, her right foot caught on a root, and she fell, tumbling into a ravine. Pain lanced through her leg as she tried to catch herself, but it was a long slide. Out of the darkness, she saw the ravine floor, a bright gray stone she was going to hit. This was it. Time to die on a good-for-next-to-nothing jungle world in the vast. But she didn't. She didn't die. She didn't even hit the stone one instant she was falling toward the ravine floor then there was a freezing cold blackness and an instant later she plunged into cold water her panic changed from fear of having her skull crushed to fear of drowning but with a kick she found air everything was dark where was she what had happened why wasn't she dead there was a metallic taste on her lips blood no it was in the water. Her personal calm was still at her waist. Finding it, she turned on the light and looked around. She floated in a subterranean lake. Above her was a silvery dome, the floor of the ravine. Somehow, she had slipped through it, fallen 12 feet, and landed in the lake. That, she muttered to herself, makes no sense at all. Aline glided to the edge of the lake and found her footing. In the light from her calm, she could see the same gray stone everywhere. But there were also markings, pictographs, and the images of animals native to this planet, drawn with the same golden dye Aline had seen on the dead bleak. This must be a religious site for them, she thought. Sensing opportunity, she took a closer look. As she knelt down before a large stone, the amulet around her neck clinked against it, and she realized it wasn't stone at all— That silvery appearance wasn't just moisture and a trick of the light, it was metal. The amulet, too. Aline had a chemilizer, the scientists were always asking her to take samples when she left the compound in case she found something that might be useful. For an instant, she was afraid it might have been damaged in the fall, but no, there it was, on her belt, still working. It only took a moment for the device to return its verdict. Inubrics Ghost iron. A star metal used in everything from miniaturization to null space chambers. And the entire cavern was made of the stuff. From the top of the dome to the bottom of the lake. And she checked the amulet. That was in bricks, too. That must have been how she got in. The bleaks must use the amulets to pass through the walls of the cavern. And who knew how far this vein went? It could stretch for miles. Edgecorp had bought the rights to Soval's Folly for a pittance. They dumped a ton of credits into biomedical research, hoping for a lucky find. But Inubricks wasn't a gamble. The company knew how to mine it, refine it, market and sell it at scale. And if she did it right, she'd get a percentage. As Aline stood scanning her light around the inside of the cavern, she looked again at the markings Blackhanders had left behind. In golden paint, they had drawn their villages, their families, their way of life. Children gathered in a circle around singing elders, hunters clad in sacred garb, herded animals, or stalked large carnivores. They explored, they traded, they made arts. They lived their lives, the same as anyone in the galaxy. And there, on one wall, was the arrival of Evgenia Jamison Corporation, a.k.a. Edgecorp, a.k.a. the company, with its negotiator warships and its fortress-sized research factories. Black weren't savages in the way of progress. They weren't bleaks. They were people Aline just didn't understand. And this cavern, and maybe many more just like it, was important to them, to their way of life. Edgecorp would strip mine it into a pit a mile deep. And that wouldn't just be wrong. It would be evil. But it was opportunity. As Aline looked around, she saw through the arch left behind on the wall, seeing only the inner bricks lying beneath. I mean, she whispered, just look at all this money. She made the call. A few days later, from her stateroom aboard a company negotiator, Aline heard the first of the explosions as mining charges blew open the nearest inner bricks cavern. Edgecorp engineers had already arrived, along with the soldiers necessary to protect everyone from the Blycandrine guerrillas. Aline knew their way of life was over. That was on her. But her promotion to vice president had arrived. She was being asked, not instructed, but asked, to return to corporate headquarters in the Viscarium, where she'd select a new project to manage. And her percentage was locked in. Every ton of Innebricks carried off Soval's folly would put credits in her account. There was another far-off explosion as the negotiator lifted off. She closed her eyes and acknowledged regret. Instead of preserving the culture of another species, she was destroying it. Exploiting it. But this, she'd decided, was the cost of opportunity. The four of you in your small Edgecorp cargo freighter BD-80514, affectionately nicknamed the Calamity by Captain Francisco, emerges from the drift above the planet Castroville a gorgeous, lush, green planet hanging in the sky before you like a jewel. Your company dispatcher, Tarika, got your team a contract to pick up a shipment of Yara berries from a vendor in Cabarat. Tangy, delicious fruits that only grow along the Yara River. Commonplace enough on this planet, but considered a delicacy on other packed worlds. You have six days to pick up these berries from a local grocer and take them to the hive market on Akiton, where these fruits can go for 10 credits a bowl. And you know that if you can shave a day or two off that trip, Tariko will likely be able to get you a bonus.
1: Wow. Fetching berries. Yeah. What a heist <laughs> Yeah, a really high-stakes space mission. It's an exciting start.
2: (laughs) They're Yara Berries, (laughs) Jess, Yara Berries.
0: If That's what you get to do. Such is the life of a bunch of blue-collar working stiffs like the four of you. Inside Calamity's Bridge, the control panels flash with information as the drift engine spins down and the thrusters kick in. Miss Fanny, I assume you're at the helm? Yes, ma'am. Miss
3: Fanny is sitting comfortably at the seat, uh, making her look relatively short, but that's because they are relatively short. A wee thing of barely over five feet, but nice and squat and solid. Everything you picture for a grandma, I suppose. Because um, although they, some folks say that piloting is a young person's or being's game, uh, not quite so for Miss Fanny as a... Uh, hail thing of uh, 60 plus, uh, you see a uh, caramel skin, uh, proud of their wrinkles right at their eyes, all over their face, just worn with years of love, smiles, um, and just the experience of life. Um, The wee, wee, 60 plus, hail old lady, at the helm, um, a twinkle in their brown eyes, their hair tied up neatly in a little bun. Uh, you know, not to get in there, you want to have your full attention on the display when you're piloting this little little calamity ship. Uh, so the little gray, gray hair, all neatly, neatly kept up um, reading the displays, making adjustments with the right hand, the left hand, and then their other hand on another display. And their other hand on another display as six arms uh, protrude from their torso, each uh, making sure that their descent is going to go smoothly uh, as possible to make sure her goslings are as comfortable as possible. And then one of the six arms reaches over kind of towards the captain and offers a... A, a nice nutrient bar, um, just in case. You know the captain works best on a full stomach. You want to make sure um, uh, he's not peckish. We're we're approaching quickly. Oh, captain! Here, a little a little something for your tummy. Now, crew, we're approaching. I hope everybody's secure and safe. Saren, the engines are humming beautifully. Well done. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I was just tightening this last bolt. I figured
0: that it is almost almost perfect for right now Friday are you are you also on the bridge supervising the descent?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course uh, gotta be there at all times. I would not be surprised if there's not a cot on the bridge of the ship just because that way he can always pop up at a moment's notice if something's going wrong as friday's reaching out to take the nutrient bar you see this tall seven foot man decked out in a long dark leather duster purple skinned dark orange haired man and he has this giant handlebar mustache and a giant gruffy beard underneath slightly knocked off his head is a cowboy hat and you see him chewing down on what you think is a cigar, but then you see a little shudder and you realize it's a hologram. And everybody get yeah. ready for a rough land. This seems to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. Ballad, you secure?
1: Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> She's literally still just hanging onto the handle. Sort of st- looking at her nails now, inspecting
0: her nails. <laughs> sort of, (laughs) just relaxing. (laughs) We're panning back through uh, the rest of the ship, down the corridor, past crew quarters, through the recreation area slash kitchen, and down to engineering. What's going on in there, Saren?
4: Uh, So in engineering, what you see is taller, actually, even than the captain, who is already impressive at his seven feet, stands a a seven-and-a-half-foot-tall Shimmering, which are beans made of crystal. G yes. is a deep indigo color, and where she's taken off the top half of your EdgeCorp coveralls and has has kind of taken off the top portion with it tied around your waist, and you know has on sort of this Grecian toga-like top <laughs> underneath of it, <laughs> and. Beneath nice, nice, the nice. crystals, these indigo crystals, you can see sort of the sparkling lights that almost reflect the stars outside of the ship in in your crystalline form. She has no hair of any kind, but on top of your head is what appears to be appears to be some form of mohawk for the moment. <laughs> Saren is currently working on. Uh, making sure that the engine is running at best capacity, she is tightening some bolts and checking, you know, energy levels with uh, your data pad. She is also specifically listening to uh, to some jams and singing along <laughs> with your drone jambot as as the two of them are kind of working on making sure that this ship is in tip top shape for this landing and departure.
0: Is it nine to five by Dolly Parton because that's what's going on in <laughs> yes. my head right now? It's
4: it's uh, this place until further notice by Madeline. Uh, okay, and uh, the the lyrics are something something along the lines of can't wait to get out of this freaking place. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I I was when you were saying that I was picturing Dinah. Something's in the hitting with Dinah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jambot's definitely singing along. Can't wait to get out of this place
4: (laughs) can't wait to get out of this place
0: (laughs) panning out of engineering and the noisy cacophony of music clanking and a very monotone robot voice that's doing its damnedest to carry a tune uh where where would ballad be in all of this jess because ballad's not really uh, doesn't really necessarily have a docking procedures role so what is what does she usually do when the ship (laughs) when the ship's coming in
1: since we don't yet have cargo she's not securing that which i think is what she normally would be doing in such a situation um but they are still in the cargo hold they're just kind of chilling like hanging on to uh you know there's like I, I imagine, like, handles that can be grabbed onto when, you know, if you're doing a landing and you're going through the atmosphere and stuff to make sure you don't just, like, stumble <laughs> into a wall or something. Um, and they're kind of hanging on to to one that's sort of high up o- above them, uh, casually chilling against the wall. They're uh, wearing their, like, Edgecorp coveralls, but... They have taken off the top part and, like, tied it around their waist, looking real cool with their tank top on. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she she's chilling, sort of. I think right now she's making sure um, her disguise matrix is, like, fully functioning, is good to go. She keeps a close eye on it because she definitely doesn't want to become pink at an inopportune moment and you know sort of reveal herself to everyone cuz the what what everyone on board is seeing is uh a, what appears to be a human person just a very pretty dark-haired human short curvy human person <laughs> um so they're they're casually checking their disguise matrix and making sure it's all it's all good to go for face model think uh Satomi Ishihara that's what ballad is looking like right now when she has her disguise matrix off which is not basically ever these days but when she does uh, on occasion when she's by herself she is full the same face and body but completely pink in the skin like a pale pastel pink and with fuchsia hair with a, a paler pink stripe in it and she also has a smattering of like fuchsia freckles across her nose which she does not have in her human form. No freckles. No freckles there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, you're all so beautiful. <laughs> you're all so beautiful and so perfect. And stuff's about to happen to you. Oh. <laughs> oh, heavens. Beginning with this day. How do Captain Friday and Miss Fanny usually handle? descending into atmosphere. Friday, do you usually tell Fanny to take her in or is there anything else you want to get out of the way first before you head into the planet?
2: Fanny and I have been working together for a while, so I think she knows what to do, so I just trust her to do the job and get it done.
0: All right, Miss Fanny. Make me a piloting check to take Calamity in.
3: All right. That's a uh, 18 on the dice. Uh, all together for a 28. Woo! <laughs> oh, it's just like a baking bread. Also, with <laughs> practice maneuvers, again, arm here, an arm there, sending updates to the captain on the display just to keep them in the loop. Um, all right, my dearies, away we go. Sets down for the descent, uh, keeping an eye on all the readings to make sure. Again, just as, uh, not, not as, uh, trying to make it as smooth, as smooth as possible.
0: Six armed space grandma is an ace pilot. <laughs> yeah. You maneuver Calamity perfectly over Castrovel's largest continent, Asana, and take her down through the atmosphere. And as you break beneath the cloud layer, rain begins to splatter the window of the bridge as you fly over a dark ocean toward the city of Kabarat, which grows rapidly on the horizon. Though the city is known as the jewel of the Western Sea, little of it is sparkling in this weather. Kabarat lines the mouth of the Yarra River, which stretches past the city into the foothills of the Storm Shield Mountains beyond. Navigation beacons and the city's traffic control AI direct calamity to a landing pad, at Ship's End which is the city's bustling starport and because Miss Fanny is so good at piloting you absolutely nail your docking procedures you land the ship not a bump Bala didn't need to hang on to anything (laughs) nothing happens nothing wobbles yeah release the anti-gravity and put down the ship's legs and you have successfully landed in Kavarat
2: fine job as always Fanny
0: Oh, oh, hush, you. Docking
4: procedure's complete, my dearies. (laughs) I didn't even feel us coming in for that landing.
1: Yeah, dang, nice job, Fanny. It was a team effort. I don't see how, but...
4: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay, well, uh, shall we mosey?
1: Ballad gives a big stretch and goes, Yeah, let's get out there. I need to get a few things. Scoots
3: off. And a speed, you know, uh, surprising for, for uh, well, you know, Miss Fanny's a hail little thing, like I said. Hustles over to the mess area to just get a few, few things just in case. You never know when folks need a snack, a napkin, fire extinguisher. You never know. You never know. Best <laughs> be prepared.
4: Saren, Saren waves over Jambot. In the, in the engineering bay uh, as she is kind of picking up all of uh, all of the tools and gathering them together in in your toolbox, uh, toolbox. and it's like, all right, Jambot, will you hold on to the toolkit for me? Yes. Thank you. And she taps the top of Jambot and a little uh, like bread box door opens and she puts the toolbox inside and closes it.
0: Jambot beeps at you. Seal
4: successful. Thank you. Captain, I am heading to my quarters to gather my items. Do you think
1: we will need any sort of weapons for this trip? Ballad's recommendation. I'm I'm considering myself security officer on this here calamity. Are you nice. Worf
0: in this scenario? I'm the Natasha Yar of our oh uh, hell situation. yeah yes. yes Natasha Yar <laughs> perfect.
1: I think it's always, uh, prudent to, uh, take, take a little bit of weaponry, hun. Maybe not something super conspicuous. I will be having my, uh, my arc pistol with me. So worst comes to worst. You know, you can always use that.
0: Up to you.
2: I think a usual regiment be just fine. Nothing, nothing hardcore c- necessarily.
0: <laughs> make me a culture check.
2: I do not have culture. Uh, may you I don't make don't that check?
0: <laughs> sure
4: i'm an uncultured swan uh that is a seven
0: a seven huh yeah yeah uh yeah no as far as you know tarika your dis your company dispatcher seems to think that this is a absolutely routine mis- mission shouldn't be dangerous
2: tarik tarik is usually pretty accurate with these things so i think we can trust her
0: yeah cabaret's a pretty safe city
2: let's go <laughs> get some berries Would
0: this happen to use,
1: you know, underground knowledge, potentially, if I made a culture check? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just see. Let's just see what, what happens. If I do one, I may have differing opinions a flat 18, but there's a minus 5 to the DC.
0: You're a a well-traveled, Ballad. Mm -hmm. All of you are very well-traveled. You are cargo haulers, (laughs) for one reason or another. But, Ballad, you are particularly hooked in to the various underground dealings on various packed worlds planets. So you know that while Cabarat is a very safe city, you're unlikely to be outright assaulted. But you do know to be on your guard against various gangs of goblins that (laughs) inhabit this city that have been known to cause mischief with cargo freighter crews from time to time, especially if they're carrying something valuable. I do not
1: relay this to anyone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: no okay (laughs) sorry y'all
1: no eventually Ballad is sort of mulling this over and she does bring up uh Captain just so you know there are some goblins around you know you might recall maybe you've heard this one before there are some goblin gangs that kind of hang out around here so we may want to keep a weather eye on that
2: got it thank you
1: kindly (laughs) I have enough secrets. I don't need. To- <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for ke- filling in my blind spots. <laughs> been so many places, but can only hold so much in the old noggin.
1: Oh, believe me, I have things falling out my other ear all the time. I don't think I've ever been to Cabarrat before. Well, watch your shins, I guess, because that's about the height they'll be at for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will just kick.
0: she is wildly tall
2: (laughs) maybe maybe put those those spikes of ears on your boots
1: just kick (laughs) Ooh, that's a great idea let's make your body a weapon
4: my body is a weapon swift action crystal (laughs)
0: lance ballad claps gleefully (laughs) yeah describe what a crystal lance looks like when it's swooping out of your arm
4: so so i think that as uh, your arm specifically flattens out and turns into this three foot long, almost long sword esque blade of crystal that just <laughs> grows and develops into just a sharp tipped point that is very dangerous. And then she That's retracts so cool. and it's just a hand again.
3: That's so That's cool. That's so cool. Now, now it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye.
2: Hopefully those will be (laughs) goblins' eyes.
4: (laughs) I don't know. I've always kind of liked goblins. They're kind of funny.
2: As long as they're not attacking us.
4: That's true.
1: Even that's kind of (laughs) funny. What are they going to do, really? Come on.
0: (laughs) Miss Fanny collecting all the snacks. Mm -hmm. Saren, Ballad, and Friday debating the merits of exactly how much to arm up before you head out into Copperot. Do you have everything you need? Anything else you want to get done on the ship before you head out?
2: Let's get let's get going.
0: You got the details from Tarika that Pratt's produce, which is the grocer that you're going to collect the berries from, is a few miles from the starport on Sprick Street. Fortunately for you, Calamity comes equipped with a vehicle called a cargo rig and a couple of hover carts to help transport the goods. Oh, all yes. part of your lease contract with Edgecorp for the ship and equipment you need for your job. And it only keeps you mildly in debt. That is
1: exactly what I was picturing. Hover carts.
4: <laughs> this planet doesn't have abnormal gravity, does it? I wouldn't want this thing to break again.
1: <laughs> oh, we should have
3: no <laughs> trouble, sweetie. Gravity is equivalent <laughs> for a class
2: M planet. <laughs> Old it should be just fine there, Saren. All right.
0: You all climb into the cargo rig. You affix the trailer to the end of it, which which you'll be able to transport the berries. You are expecting to pick up fifty tons of berries. Wow, Damn, today,
1: berries. Jesus! That's a lot of berries. That's as much as it can carry. So one trip.
0: Yeah. Oof. Uh, so you you get your extra long trailer out. You make sure that you've got your hover carts packed on it. And you all climb into the cargo rig and head to Pratt's Produce.
2: So just so you guys know, an adult whale mm. weighs 50 tons. <laughs> oh my god. Two of the Stonehenge stones weigh 50 tons. Wow.
1: Wow. That's you're
2: a, a lot, lot of berries. berries.
1: You're a lot of berries.
0: You're bringing a lot of berries to Akaton. Or you're going to try anyway.
2: This is a berry good episode.
0: Oh! <laughs> Snarky. I hate it. We might,
2: we might steal a few and make a, a Yara Berry pie.
0: We
4: can't eat the product, <laughs> Captain Friday.
2: I don't think they're going to notice a half a pound of berries out of a 50 ton.
4: You know that they weigh these every time we drop them off.
1: Eh, sometimes stuff falls out, you know. Could have fallen out during transport.
4: I'm
2: a company man, but I love Yara berries.
1: How about we buy some extras for ourselves?
3: Hmm. That's a wonderful idea. I'll transfer some credits into your account. Are you running a bit low? The, the, they're already doing it. They're running away for your answer.
1: You hear a little ping. You get your little Venmo. <laughs> Space Mo. Space Mo. Cred Mo. You got creds. Yeah, Cred Mo, or like, I was With a heart like, emoji.
0: Um... You head off toward Pretz. Uh Who Who among you is familiar with Castravel? Mm. I, I know that Saren's never been to Cabarat before, but have. Uh, any of the rest of you? I Have would been. say I
2: probably had deliveries here, probably ages ago. Mm-hmm. If if we've had deliveries here, that Saren Saren should be a little, at least a little aware we probably landed ship here at least once or twice.
1: Hmm.
4: Maybe I've just always been staying on the yeah maybe, on the maybe ship we've ship fixing had things bad luck here, and the ship's always broken down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with but with the need to load fifty tons of Yara berries, it's all it's all hands. It's oh an all hands sort of uh job on this one.
4: Even Jambot's helping out. <laughs>
0: nice. Aw, uh, little Jambot. So everybody make me just a straight D twenty roll. Oh. Ooh.
4: I can only make gay D twenty rolls. <laughs> so
0: Fourteen on the dice. Everybody for me? make me a gay D twenty roll. Well oh. I did, and it was
1: a twenty, so I got a three. Holy
0: shit. I'm real, you know. Ballad will fill the rest of you in. It doesn't matter what (laughs) the... Ballad uh, and anybody else who got above a 12 knows. uh, You've you've either been to Pratt's uh, Produce before or you've heard of them. You know that the store is a large family-owned grocery and distribution center that specializes in off-world trade. It's been in the Pratt family for like four generations at least. And the current owner is a... Karasha Lashinta man named Runo Pratt mm. and he's got, a, he's got a really good reputation with cargo haulers he deals fairly with those who deal fairly with him reasonable prices and uh, you know that he prides himself on having a clean store and environmentally responsible products that are sourced from local growers wow. just your basic natural food store Nice proprietor sounds like a cool dude yeah he is a cool dude And as you approach the grocer and park your cargo rig in the back and head inside, the inside lives up to Runo's reputation. It exudes a cleanliness that is minimalistic, but not sterile. Rows of shelves and friendly aisle displays present a wide variety of well-organized foodstuffs for purchase. And there's dozens of people, mostly Lashuntas, going about their daily errands, selecting food and making often telepathic conversation. (laughs) Which would make for eerie silence for you non-telepaths, were it not for the small bright screens scattered around the store flashing ads to announce the day's best deals and upcoming specials. And to the right of the entrance, there's an automated checkout line supervised by a middle-aged LaShunta woman uh, who's tallying up customer purchases. And all in all, it's a really friendly sort of grocer's co-op hubbub. Miss Fanny's going to give a nice...
3: uh, (laughs) As they speak in
2: Castravellian. Ma'am, we're here to meet with Runo.
0: Oh, yes. You're here to pick up the Yara Berries? He's in in the back in the general manager's office, and she gestures towards the rear of the building. I thank you kindly. Start heading back that way. So as you approach Runo's office... You see an older stocky Lashunta uh, Karasha wearing blue coveralls, sitting behind a wooden desk, just covered in papers. He's tapping furiously on a data pad while grumbling to himself. His most notable feature is a missing left antenna and a thin scar that begins at his mm. forehead and zigzags back along his scalp. And I have a picture for you.
2: I, I like that the, the hair, it almost looks like it's a hair. It kind of looks like Fry's hair from Futurama, like the the shape of the the <laughs> antenna, <laughs> oh, loopy.
0: Yeah, where it kind Close. of curls up and back. Yeah, he
4: looks like um, he looks like the XO from Battlestar Galactica.
0: He does. He has a distinctly salt-high look to him. Hmm. That's that's his face model. Thank you, Heidi. <laughs> I was I love that. Any also any Battlestar Galactica reference is automatically going to like get a giant plus for me you know what hero point <laughs> oh, <nice>. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> well shit now i have to watch that yeah <laughs> earn some hero points in in a sci-fi setting battlestar galactica pandering is what i will respond to <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and dragons dragons still dragons always work
0: Yes, dragons are always good, because that's the best thing about Starfinder is it's sci-fi, but there's still dragons out there somewhere. <laughs> so, which means Starfinder is the best possible game of all possible games <laughs> that we could play ever.
2: <laughs> uh, Bruno, we're uh, nice to meet you. My name's Friday Friday, Francisco. I'm here, We're here to collect some Yara berries, quite a tidy amount from the looks of it.
0: He looks up from where he's frustratedly messing with the tablet tosses it aside. Well, it's good you're here, but you better hurry. There's a lot to move, and those yarrow berries are going to spoil before too long. You've no idea how much this shipment means to me, because I'm retiring <gasps> after this. 30 years <laughs> running this place. Now it's Nita's turn. You probably met Nita. She's watching the checkout counter. This shipment's my retirement plan. You hear? We'll, Please be careful. We'll handle
3: it with utmost care.
0: <laughs> in uh,
3: cast rebellion uh,
0: Miss Fanny, do you I so I know that as part of your background that you've done some military service before is there any outward sign that you're a veteran uh, on your on your clothing or yeah, Miss Fanny has uh, hanging uh, for
3: those that are you know care to look, you know hanging over their edge. Uh, overall utility overalls are their dog tags from their their service. Uh, They're many years of service. Well, they have weathered skin. So uh, Miss Fanny's a nice a caramel skin tone, but you could see it's you know weathered from being outside in you know sunny weather, inclement weather. It, <laughs> it, it shows on their face and just a, a scar here, a scar there. Um, but they they hold on to their you know military apparel for. Not for work use, so that's always, um, you know, steamed and pressed and held back at their bunk, but nothing that they wear other than their their hollow, hollow dog tags. And probably the, the way that they survey, maybe a, a seasoned eye, they served as a quartermaster, so they're always looking at what supplies can be at hand, what can be of use, and especially for uh, cargo work is already... Doing the math as far as okay, the cargo holds X amount. We can move this here, move that here. Um, Kind of already thinking ahead, but outwardly, to answer your original question, just uh, just the dog tags is probably the most visual uh, tell.
0: Okay, so if if Fanny reached up to sort of fiddle with them at all, he would have he would have noticed that, and he directed the the last portion of that speech more or less to you as as a recognizing someone who he did his own service Mm. in castor militia so and that's you know what happened to the other antenna so he really responds well when there's someone who he really feels just gets it you know in the room and he addresses this this sort of last bit about wanting to retire to miss fanny
3: Oh, nothing beats like hanging your hat after a long shift.
0: It's been too long running this store. I'm ready to sit down and enjoy time with my grandchildren. If I could only get this data pad working right, holds it up and kind of like shakes it. I hate to ask uh, any favors, but do any of you have any experience with these just infernal machines?
4: I'm... Really good with technology. What sort of help do you need with your data pad? I don't
0: know. It was working fine for inventory last night. But it's a mess. I, I need to file the change of ownership paperwork for your berries, but I can't get the damn thing to work.
1: You got it wet. You just got to stick it in some rice, you know. <laughs> Ballad's not there. So Ballad, uh, by the way, I want to know. Ballad stayed outside with the cargo rig. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Nice. Keep an eye Very on nice. Bessie.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Good call.
1: Someone's got to do it. I'm and I'm Worf. <laughs> and you're Worf, so you stay with the stuff. <laughs> I stay with the stuff and protect it. <laughs> uh,
4: Saren will will take the data pad from him and we'll plug in your custom rig, uh, which is just sort of the smaller computer analyzing tool that allows you to do a lot of the technological work on the computers. Do you want me to roll a computer's check?
0: Yep. If you go ahead and roll me a computer's check. It's got complicated levels of security involving needing like a password and Runo's thumbprint. His password's not working right now, but his his thumbprint still is. So he unlocks that part of it for you and hands it over. Go ahead and make me a computer's check.
4: Thank you, Runo. I will have this fixed in a jiffy. I keep rolling threes uh, for a total of 12.
0: You've got a great bonus. Uh, with, with that bonus, despite the three on the die, uh, in addition to Runo helping you out by partially bypassing some of the security with his thumbprint, uh, you do successfully make the check. When you hack in, you quickly notice that whoever has hacked his data pad before you has installed a firewall to prevent Runo's password from being reset. So go ahead and make me a perception check to see if you can recognize the algorithm that is being run. Looks like someone
4: hacked in and changed your password and is preventing you from changing it back. Let's see if I can figure this out. Uh, 19 on the dice uh, for a 23.
0: Nailed it. Between your computer's check and your perception check, you're able to recognize what algorithm this hack is using and you also recognize that it's utilizing classic space goblin coding techniques absolutely
1: classic
4: it looks yes. like some space goblins were messing with you last night um, classic space goblin coding techniques see
0: here you can tell from a few pixels <laughs> like I I don't I don't know anything about the inner workings of these things but I'll take your word for it
4: all right Um, can I, can I fix that?
0: Yeah, you can, uh, reset his password now.
4: Okay. Uh, what would you like your password to be, Runo? Probably, like, Saren is the best.
0: (laughs) Password. (laughs) Don't you have to use a bunch of numbers and letters and...
2: Yara Barrett 23. (laughs)
0: Yeah, fine. That's that's fine for now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Mr. Runo, shouldn't you be concerned that some goblins just uh, hacked into your uh, thingamabob over there?
0: I'm pretty sure that what they're after is this load of yara berries that you're taking out. So you keep an eye out on your way back to Ship's End. I've heard some people talk of goblins out there, but I mm. I didn't think much of it until, you know, just now. I don't know what they're up to, but it's criminal. That's for sure.
3: Ooh, Miss Fanny's going to jump on her comm. Um, oh, Balladeer, um, looks like your suspicions and intuition were correct. Keep a weathered eye out for uh, goblins, uh, suspicious activity. It could be that
1: this uh, shipment may be targeted. Watch your six. All right. I'll try and watch my six and my 12 at the same time. Excellent. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> I'm doing the basketball pose where you do the finger guns out both sides, so
2: <laughs> Okay, well what we like like the man said, let's get these Yara berries loaded up so we can get back before these goblins create too much hijinks.
0: Go ahead and sign for them right here. And here. And here. Wow. Okay. And here. <laughs> okay. And your initials there, please. Okay. And then I'm going to need one last signature right
2: here. I feel like I'm sending my life away here. It's just, it's just for the berries, yeah, you right? You know, it's just...
0: You work for Edgecorp. There's so much red tape all over the place. I'm just trying to make sure I protect myself. You understand. Well,
2: yeah, but you know what they say. They, they All these rules are created because somebody abused the system at one point. Yeah, I guess I better sign
1: this. True that, brother. Ugh, that. you're all so cringe. <laughs> <laughs> Valid does say that over the <laughs>
2: Well, let's head out, folks. What do you say?
4: Good luck on retirement, Bruno.
0: Oh, yes. Enjoy it. I won't get paid until you take it to Akitone, so you be very careful. Please.
2: We'll hand it like us, one of our own youngin. Miss Fanny's going to take a, a few for the
3: road. That way <laughs> the captain won't have to tap into our own inventory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Start oh, swimming boy, in yeah. the Yarra Berries.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, that's that. all I want to do.
2: I, I want some Yarra wine. I want some Yarra pie.
1: Ooh, <laughs> ooh. I make this really good chicken with a Yarra sauce. Oh,
2: mm. is it a Yarra reduction? Yes. Oh, that's that's the, that's a sweet spot. Oh, Ballad, that's I know what stuff. we're
1: doing
3: when we're getting back on Calamity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're not uh, back on Calamity yet, because as I've said... You have 50 tons of Yara berries. All right, let's do it. To load in, they're packed into 50-pound sealed crates at the back of the distribution center, and you have to get them loaded up onto your company rig using the hover carts, which ordinarily takes about 16 hours for a job this size, but you're able to cut that down into eight. Yeah. We're a finishing bunch. Since you have two hover carts and four people working on it. (laughs)
2: working on the yard berries going down down
1: what if I make like a really good strength strength roll and I can lift like four at a time
0: if you uh, hmm, okay, yeah, go ahead and make me that strength roll. The, the DC is high. Oh wow, I got a twenty three,
1: which is actually the best shit. I could have done. I am rolling rocks
3: today. Ooh, you know what, Jess? Okay, I can woo! I can I can help with that as your muscles are uh, kind of straining with your oh, yoked yes. out body. Um, Miss Fanny's gonna wave a couple of uh, their arms around and around you, kind of like I holographic, almost like Green Lantern energy construct, you get encased in a uh, Ripley's freaking power armor that she uses to fight the Xenomorph, <laughs> giving you um, plus five on top of that for your carrying capacity.
1: Ooh, sweet. Thank you, Miss Fanny. So that's a 28.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so with uh, Friday and Saren using the hover carts and... Ballad essentially becoming two people's <laughs> worth of carrying stuff uh, with Miss Fanny's help. You're able to cut that down into five hours. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right. Like, so Runo strong. is crazy impressed. <laughs> like, he has never seen a team load that fast. I'm so strong.
1: <laughs> Ballad is, like, super excited wow. to have the power armor. Specifically. I should hire an android. How do you know I'm an android? And then my my oh, the God. matrix that's around me goes like a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just I've never seen a garden variety human carry something that heavy.
1: Hmm, yeah, perhaps that gives me away. And she <laughs> she's standing there five foot three as well, and like mm-hmm. very slim, so. <laughs>
0: And raises an eyebrow and sort of gestures at all of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's clear that there's
0: no muscle in those arms. They're, they You're not human, clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, after you've gotten everything loaded up, comes out one more time before you depart. And uh, Siski will give you a fair price for this shipment. She runs Ka Imports in Hive Market. You tell her I sent you. We go way back.
1: Ooh.
0: Imports.
2: That sounds like a mighty fine idea. Thank you so much for the suggestion. Let's we'll make sure we take care of your cargo and make sure it gets there quickly, safely, and unexpired.
0: <laughs> I'm really grateful. I'll really owe you one when you get this to Akaton. and he sh- you know offers each of you his hand in turn to shake. I think you mean, thanks, 50 tons. And Ballad gives him a wink. (laughs) (laughs) He laughs a little bit against his will. (laughs) Nobody likes those jokes. Not even me. (laughs) Uh, And he heads back inside his grocery store.
1: All right, let's uh, let's get Bessie back to the ship before these... I don't want to have to fight any goblin. I mean, it would be fun, but like...
2: Yeah, I agree. Let's, uh, I just
1: did all that lifting. I'm kind of like, done.
2: Yeah, that's mosey.
0: <laughs> you crawl back into your cargo rig. You head back towards the spaceport with all of your cargo. Uh, just, just, you know, casual question. Who's driving? Oh, that'd be Miss Fanny. Would that be Miss Fanny? Miss Fanny. Ballad's on the roof. You're on the roof? Yeah.
3: With a gun okay. <laughs> in one of the hands, kind of underneath, the, <laughs> hidden from sight.
1: Ballad has a is a Solarian, and they keep their like, solar moat hovering behind their neck. Sometimes it'll start hovering around them when they're preparing to get, you know, into into the thick of it. They have manifested their solar weapon, and it's a chain whip, which is completely wrapped around their right hand, and there's like a, a blade at the end that she's basically holding like a dagger. And she has one hand on the other hand on the pistol, sort of like on one knee on the top. Looks real badass, which is the whole point. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> it's, it's their entire aesthetic. Yeah. Friday sit next
2: to Fanny. Uh, he has his feet up on the dashboard, which I'm sure drives okay. Fanny crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's the mm-hmm. captain, so he can do it. And yeah, uh, she rolls her eyes. You see him holding this tin metal gun, and on the side it says Fantastic World's Toys. Uh...
4: And
2: <laughs> 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 Always be shilling. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it, he's just sitting there and cocking the, the plastic hammer back and then releasing it and then doing it again, just over and over again, looking around, <laughs> watching watching for something to go wrong.
4: Theron's chilling out on the connector between the the hover cart and the and the cargo rig and has what looks like this. It's like a seven inch disc that's just swinging down like a yo-yo and then pulling back up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Okay, so you're all heading back to the spaceport. Not much to do as the cargo rig heads back, but uh, look out the window, taking the constant buzz of the city. There's spacecraft humming in nearby docking facilities, zooming overhead while merchants and crowds of tourists chatter. The rumbling engine of the cargo rig below you merges seamlessly into this urban symphony. And as the spaceport comes back into view, up ahead you see an old woman pushing a cart across the street, and then she yelps an alarm as her cart tips over, and rusty tanks of petrol tumble out, scattering in every direction. What? Traffic comes to a complete stop, and mm-hmm. drivers in nearby vehicles shout, but oddly, the old woman completely ignores them as she walks slowly towards one of the rolling tanks, picks it up, and carefully cradles it in her arms as she returns to the fallen cart. Your cargo rig and long, long trailer is pretty much wedged in as a result of all this commotion. What do the four of you want to
1: do? Valid is on high alert. She's going to jump off of the roof. She's keeping her solar weapon close to her body so that it's not obvious she's holding a blade. It just looks like she has a cool chain wrapped around her her hand. Dope, dope, dope. Nice, nice, nice. (laughs) I wish I could use it like a wallet chain, like sort of. (laughs) (laughs) She is now circling slowly around the front of the cargo rig looking for the source of the commotion because she is certain this there's some goblinry afoot.
2: I rolled a 19 perception. Can I see that elderly woman to see if she's a oh, goblin?
0: Yeah, yeah uh, it's not hard because this <laughs> creature is attempting to disguise themselves as something that they are quite obviously not. It's not a goblin, but she is a junk bot. Definitely Ooh. not... The old Lashinta woman that, it, that she is pretending to be. Prepare
2: for ambush, everybody.
0: This is what the Junkbot decoy looks like. A really badly patched together robot in a long, tattered teal trench coat. There's like little pipes coming out of her face. She clearly has a fuel tank on her chest. And these two will clearly fake metal antenna jutting out <laughs> from her forehead and a very bad wig pretending to be normal hair. Miss Fanny's it. thinking, I love her
1: whole look.
3: I'm sure they did their best. <laughs> <laughs> Rank amateurs. That's no way to impersonate an elderly lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, was, I know Valid was literally thinking like, oh God, they
0: must not have a disguise matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so with Friday's declaration, I'm going to need all of you to roll for initiative. Oh, goodness. Our first encounter, Friday. What'd you get?
2: I rolled a natural 19 for my first initiative, so that's a 23.
0: Nice. Okay. 23 for Friday. Miss Fanny.
3: I rolled a two, giving Miss Fanny a grand total of uh, six. Oh, boy. That sudden accident was <laughs> gave her quite a start. Oh, dear
0: me. We've got a wide range already. Okay, Ballad.
1: We are not in Galarian anymore, and I am not Andromeda. So I rolled <laughs> a six, and I have a yeah. plus one. So that's a nice seven.
0: Excellent. Yes, I really love this. Fortunately, um, I am still myself, so I wouldn't be too worried well, if I was...
1: I do mode. see that this person has a 20, this is junk bot.
0: Yes, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> but she had, she had a good bonus. You say
1: that, but I have my
0: concerns. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, and then Saren.
4: Saren, normally slow to start, uh, rolled a natural 20, for your initiative with a plus one is a 21. Oh
0: boy! Well, that's fun. With the top of the order... We're going to go ahead and start with Friday. Friday, what would you like to do? First
2: thing is, he opens his robe. I need you on look at. And you see, popping out from around his robe, this little... It looks like it's part squirrel, part fox. Better known as a squawks. And the squawks goes... And then starts going and climbs up to the corner of, of the Yarraberry Berry Fright to keep an eye out and will scream out if he's if they see any uh creatures coming from behind us basically kind of keeping a lookout uh and they do get a perception if i need to roll it to see if they see any other beings around that might cause us ill will
0: he goes out and i think he's an excitable little fella and it's looking around. There's a lot to see. There's a junk robot in front of the cargo rig. And there's a bunch of jammed vehicles everywhere. People are honking. They're laying on their horns. They're yelling at each other. They're wondering what the holdup is. And they're honestly, there's just too much going on for the squirrel to be able to parse out what might, what should not should
2: not be In there. hindsight, I also imagine the squawks seeing all those yarra berries might, uh lose its mind a little bit so that was the smartest idea
0: start salivating a little bit squawks sorry i think i said squirrel earlier yes
2: but (laughs) but what friday is gonna do is reach out towards that creature and i don't know if this works on robots or not but we're gonna find out i need the robot to roll me a will save
0: a will save from the robot does not have a good will. Ooh, yeah, uh, that was actually a critical fail. Uh, That was a two on the die, and the robot has a negative one to their will, so that will be a one.
2: Okay, so for the next round, Mr. Robot is fatigued.
0: That's exciting. Exciting for the junk bot.
2: It almost looks like a tornado pop out, and it just sucks electrical charge out of the robot and then disappears very quickly. As it has drawn some of its power, it's like, you know, reducing its bat- battery power down temporarily uh, and thus weakening it a little bit.
0: There's no visible reaction from the junk bot, it being a junk bot, but it seems like it's it's having a harder time holding the cylinder that it had picked up and was attempting to, like, cradle like a child back to its cart. Is that going to end your turn, Friday?
2: That ends my turn.
0: Saren, what you got? Captain... I'm going to hang back here for a minute
4: until we know if there's more. Sounds like a plan. Uh, and that's just going to be a delay action.
0: Okay. Uh, do you want to make a Do you want to make a perception check?
4: Yeah, sure. I don't have a great perception. Uh, 17 plus four is a 21.
0: Oh boy, Heidi! If it meets, it beats. You nailed it. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So uh, from where Saren is perched on the connector in between the cab of the cargo rig and the trailer itself, I imagine G's really taking the time to scan around. And unlike Captain Francisco's little friend, G actually knows what should and should not be around in this situation. And you catch a glimpse behind the trailer of a truly janky looking hover cycle with a pair of big saddlebags slung to each side and a large basket in the back being piloted by a goblin who makes brief eye contact with you and gives a little shriek and ducks back behind the trailer (laughs) before he successfully ducks back behind the trailer. You do notice that he has a crate in the basket that looks suspiciously like the ones that you just loaded in there only a little while ago.
4: Captain, looks like we've got marauders at the end. Perhaps Ballad and I can take on the ones behind us, if you're okay with me not delaying because I saw that.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
4: She's gonna run about sixty feet down the down the length of the trailer. The disc she was playing with, um, you notice that it's sort of spinning on the line that it's on and it, it makes this shrieking singing sound as like the wind blows through it as it's just hanging at her hip. It's very creepy. She's running.
0: Nice. Okay. <laughs> is that, uh, that going to do it for your turn?
4: Yeah, that's that's all. I couldn't take a, an actual run action. So.
0: Okay, we are on to Junkbot Lady's turn. And Junkbot Lady just got poked in the shoulder by our good friend Friday with his tornado ability. And she's feeling tired. She is, but she also really didn't appreciate that. And she knows what her job is in this operation, which is to keep you distracted. She's going to take that little cart that she was rolling after her. She's going to pick it up and she's going to slam it into Friday's chest. Ow! You don't know if it's out yet. It's not. You're fine.
2: <laughs> What'd you roll?
0: I got a two on the die. So oh. <laughs> at a negative one from my fatigue condition, that'd be a one. Ooh, doggies! I've got like my rolls so far have been seven, two, four, two, two. <laughs> and I hate everything and everyone. Abby, lish. It's it's truly like you can't even blame it on Pippa anymore because it's just it's just bad. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so uh, she's pretty tired and I think she's surprised by how heavy her cart suddenly feels now that she's been attacked by this cowboy and she tries to swing it up into his chest and just like Ugh! fails, doesn't work. Drags her back to the ground. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of her turn. So we move on to the goblin that Saren spotted. He swings his junk bot around the side of the trailer and aims his little junkie pistol at Saren.
3: Little trash goblins.
0: How does a 13 do against your KAC? It's a solid one higher than
4: my KAC.
0: Yeah! Oh, no. (laughs) So he takes his ratty, obviously tinkered to shit little gun and fires at you. And does six points of piercing damage. Wow. Wow. Ow. (laughs) (laughs) And then ducks his hover cart back behind the trailer. It's Ballad's turn. Well, Ballad,
1: having heard that shot and having heard Saren go, ow, (laughs) (laughs) says, oh, crap. And then you see for a moment she pauses, closes her eyes and takes a small breath, lets it out, and there's a bright glow around her chain because I have chosen to be photon-attuned, provided that there is a significant threat. That's GM's discretion. Would you say these are significant enemies?
0: I think that if that when Saren called out that there was a goblin behind the the cargo trailer, you can assume that where there is one goblin and where there is a junk bot decoy and where this elaborate system is in place, <laughs> you can assume that there are more goblins somewhere. Okay. So yes, I will. I will say that you may call this a significant threat, if not to your life, uh, definitely to your livelihood. My
1: berries.
0: No, uh, and then,
1: my berries. And then I'm gonna use my full turn to run so I can go uh four times my movement. So I run as fast as possible. Ballad goes sprinting towards the end. doesn't quite reach the goblin, but she's making her way there.
0: Is that the end of Ballad's turn?
1: Yeah, as she runs, she has unfurled her chain whip and is letting it drag on the ground menacingly, so it's making like solar sparks on along the ground as she runs.
0: It's very scary. <laughs> very scary. The goblins are intimidated. <laughs> Not enough to play. affect their stats, but they you are making them nervous. Yeah. Miss Fanny sitting there in the cab driving this thing. Can't drive it anywhere right now, and you just saw this robot junk bot at least try to hit Friday with its cart. What do you, what do you want to do?
3: Miss Fanny wasn't born yesterday. She knows this is <laughs> totally a diversionary tactic. But they're pretty confident that these things are going to be very sorry once a ballad reaches them. That poor thing's been kept in space for so long that they're itching for a good scrap. So so putting on the e-brake. No, um, they're going to just stand up from where they're at. And they had one of their arms hidden kind of underneath the dash gangster style ready, just kind of pulls up the arm and is going to have some covering fire for the captain. So not really aiming specifically for the bot, but enough to kind of keep it on its toes with a little pew, 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 with a little azimuth laser pistol to grant the captain a uh, plus two to their armor class against the junk bot.
0: I've got you, sonny. <laughs> All
3: right.
2: Thank you, ma'am.
0: Okay, uh, is that at the end of Miss Fanny's turn?
3: Yeah, they're concentrating. They're concentrating on the covering fire,
0: suppressing fire.
3: Right, <laughs> like, totally Archer. Ar- <laughs> Miss Fanny's Archer channeling her inner uh, inner Sterling.
0: Do we want goblins? Cause this is how we get goblins. This is how you get goblins. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, back to the top of the order with Captain Friday Francisco.
2: Okay, first thing is Friday moves back 25 feet. Okay. He takes out his gun. He aims the nozzle of the gun right above the head of the junk bot and fires. As this little rubber bullet shoots forward, just pierce the veil of this reality and open a hole. One bulk's worth of junk comes flying down at the creature who needs to roll me a reflex save.
0: That is so cool! (laughs) Like
4: a junk pellet? Junk for the junk god.
0: (laughs) Okay. Fight junk with junk. Okay, how does a 17 do? A 17
2: passes, so you will just take half damage from me. And that half damage is 3d6. Damn. okay. That's beefy. (laughs) Damn! 17 points of damage, but the junk bot effectively reflexes out of the way, taking only half, so nine points of damage.
0: Fuck me. (laughs) Okay, yeah. uh, She tries to make it, but not quite. Some of that junk falls on top of her and crushes one of her arms, so she's really only swinging with one arm. That is such a cool ability. That spell is called Junk Shard. So So cool. cool. I can't even be that mad about it because that is a very cool ability. What's next for Saren?
4: So Saren's been running towards this goblin and just went, Ow! As, <laughs> uh, after getting shot and she, you know, is spinning this disc on this string, um, as sh- she makes the, the, the rest of this run right up to the goblin is, That hurt! And then swings the disc, not to, to hit the goblin, but to, to to pass right by its ears. And fourteen on the die for a fifteen, does that hit?
0: Yes, absolutely. Yes.
4: Okay. Four points of sonic damage as the sound of this this disc causes it this intense headache. Ooh, that sounds horrible. There are a bunch back here.
0: (laughs) This little guy (laughs) shakes his head and is visibly beginning to teeter on his bike. He is not staying upright the way he was. And as you ran around the corner, you saw that there wasn't just one goblin. There were three following the trailer and two of them have a crate of Yara berries in... (gasps) their cart already mm-hmm.
4: give me back our berries
2: <laughs> that wasn't very nice of you Ooh.
1: <laughs> yikes
3: they take some they take some psychic damage psychic out of damage. that one
1: yeah for sure
0: <laughs> it wasn't very nice stealing is mean
3: that's it oh, that's somebody bad. needs mm. some nalgadas some
4: spankings right on the rear <laughs> rumps that is the end of Saren's turn
0: Okay, yeah, this, this little guy is a little a little messed up. Good job, Saren. And I'm just gonna not be mad about it. So <laughs> Junk bot Lady. She's feeling recovered from the sudden wave of fatigue that hit her earlier, but now she's got no problems. She has a crushed arm. She got hit by a lot of junk. But she still has the ability to surrender.
3: Oh yes.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's
4: to defect? Oh, now they join our crew. Saren will be saving the bits of this of this junk bot to rebuild, to make it better.
0: The junk bot is going to move with surprising swiftness, with one junky arm dangling at her side, up to where Friday is standing next to the cab of the cargo rig, and she's going to attempt to slam him with her whole body.
2: Slam town.
0: Slam Town. She's taking him to Slam Town with a twenty-two. Wow, that definitely oh. hits, man. Yeah, bueno. Good job, Abby. Wowza! Friday takes eight bludgeoning damage. Ow! As this junk bot crashes into him. Okay, so
2: I used all my stand-up points, so I lost two hit points on top of that.
0: Ooh, that was a hard hit. You show sure did. She's heavy. That does end her turn, however, slamming into Friday. And now it's a goblin number doses turn and completely ignoring Saren, trusting that the other goblin will hold your attention long enough to keep snagging those Yarra berries. He guides his motorcycle up to the back of the trailer and loads one more Crate before backing up a little bit to make room for his other friend. Oh no, who does the same?
4: When when he moved, did he move through uh, any threatened squares?
0: Yes, you absolutely do threaten that square. Go ahead and take an attack of opportunity.
4: Stay away from my berries. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but
4: unfortunately, a three does not hit. No, no, it does not.
0: So the little guy successfully makes it up to the cargo rig and secures another crate of berries into his basket. And then swings out to the side where he shrieks, "Ah!" because Ballad is right there. (laughs) That's the end of his turn. Uh, His other friend on her cycle comes up, snatches a crate as well. So that's the end of the goblins' turn, which means it's time for ballad to do their thing. Okay,
1: I am choosing to remain photon attuned, so the glow around my weapon intensifies. It has gotten brighter. She she dashes her full speed and then whips it vertically, her her chain whip vertically up to try and slash this thing in its face. And let me just roll that. Okay, I only got a fifteen, and I believe that hits.
0: Fifteen absolutely would hit either. Ooh, alright, cool. <laughs> these are these are tiny goblins with junk <laughs> with armor that they cobbled together themselves. Right, duh. You should have known, you know. <laughs>
1: This is gonna be nasty. I got uh five damage for for that tiny little jerk.
0: Oh boy, yeah. Um Oh I'm sorry, it's six damage and it's slashing. It's six slashing damage? Mm-hmm. You kill him. Oh my god, that's As, so as your weapon rips through him, it just absolutely it cuts so deep and blood spurts from the open wound and he falls off the motorcycle and lies completely still. Ballad
1: does that thing where she starts sucking air through her teeth like "Oh, maybe got a little trigger happy there. (laughs) Ah well (laughs) my yeah. Okay.
0: Now you have a mini motorcycle if you want. (laughs) Mine now. (laughs) You have a tiny junk cycle just for you. This is mines now. (laughs) (laughs) well that was that was a that was brutal is that the end of your turn ballad do you have any more like goblin brutality that you want to dish out i don't think i can i think i uh, yeah i moved and i attacked so that's all i got great excellent doggies Cool, cool 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 uh we're back on miss fanny in the cab you just watched Friday get slammed. And Ugh. I'm in the rearview mirror, if you were looking, you also noticed that Ballad absolutely destroyed one of the goblins.
3: Ooh, Well done. They click on their comms. <laughs> uh. Stay clear of my six. Um, with that, with a um, still having a pistol readied at the junk bot, but with a free arm, does a series of commands and is going to Go full reverse in a straight line, straight line backing for those in the uh, <laughs> commercial vehicle business. Um, okay. <laughs> to run over the goblins directly behind them. So um, it looks like a reflex save based on the cargo rig. Uh, good old Bessie is a DC 10 reflex, which is not a lot, I but
0: love you never it. know. it. Okay, uh, I will roll a reflex save for my little for my little goblin friends, goblininos. My goblininos, niños. <laughs> okay, that is a twelve and a thirteen.
3: Okay. Oh, half damage. Well, that still works.
0: Okay. Six
3: die four in a straight back, so they only take half damage of that. As <laughs> I mean, I know they can't go too too far back, um, but they're gonna just. Engaged, full reverse and go straight in a back and even if they're dipping out of the way they're just right there on the rig so that's on them for being thieving little things and they take mm-hmm. half damage which is 10 10 points of damage
0: yeah I, Angela I'm going to tell you right now you didn't even need to tell me that <laughs> as soon as I saw half damage and 20 uh, these are goblins oh um, <laughs> yeah you, uh, you roll you roll over them Yep, good job. Uh, the As the cargo rig begins backing up with Miss Fanny's just expert, expert uh, aim, not that you needed it since the <laughs> goblins were right behind the rig, they <laughs> scream as they get, again, brutally, Just, just the overwhelming mm. force of this rig, which is already heavy on its own, being that it can carry... 50 tons of yara berries backing up over these critters it pretty much squashes them flat before they have time to actually get away although they they did they did try and so both them and Eww, their whoops. junk cycles and the yeah. uh two crates of Yara berries that they had on their cycles already are smushed.
3: Whoops, oh no, the cargo. I mean, oh no, living creatures. <laughs> did did I Underneath did I scare them. them off? Did I give them the <laughs> shake off? Um
4: yeah. Put it in park. Did I
1: Saren a look? <laughs> uh
4: you took care of them. Oh, I hope cool. that they don't mind. That were short a couple crates. Oh no, the
3: cargo captain! I'm so sorry. How careless of me!
2: I, I, I still got, I'm still uh, got somebody I'm dealing with here. I'll get back to you guys in a few minutes.
0: <laughs> I love how calm he sounds, even as he's getting like seriously smashed by this junk bot.
4: Oh right, oh. I forgot we still have one more enemy.
3: <laughs> Whoops, that was a little overkill. I rolled a lot of fours. I noticed. <laughs> That's uh, wow! The DC was so low, I figured to be okay.
0: <laughs> My goodness! Much.
3: I looked up vehicle combats, like oh, we could run things over.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, good job on Ooh, that, Angel. <laughs> okay, we move. We move now back to Friday. I know that Friday might be a little distracted by the junk bot in front of him, who's trying to smash him into a pulp. But I'm sure he can't have failed to notice that the cargo rig slowly backed up past him and probably heard some pretty disturbing squelching noises as that happened. But now that that you, you can be fairly assured that any other situation has been dealt with by your extremely able crew, and you can give all of your attention to the enemy in front of you.
2: He takes a guarded step back. Okay. And once again, shoots his little tin gun up out and pierces the veil as another hole opens up full of junk. So give me that reflex save. My mom always <laughs> said, "Junk for it, junk in, junk out."
0: <laughs> God damn it! Okay, um, fourteen.
2: That is a fail. So you oh take dang! Ooh.
0: What's my damage?
2: You did junk box takes sixteen points of damage, ma'am.
0: Yeah, that thing. That thing. It doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite explode, but absolutely completely falls apart. The goblins had put this together out of literal junk. It was not particularly well constructed or put together, and she just falls apart.
2: You see Friday put his hand uh, against the the cab of the truck to steady himself. Uh whoa, that that was uh... That was some some hard hitting for a little robot.
0: You have successfully saved your cargo from the space goblins and their crazy junk bot. Uh, you are minus, you are missing two crates Ooh. because they got smashed underneath the vehicle. But ultimately, not too bad. You were able to recover the crates uh, from the junk cart of the one that Ballad so ably destroyed. And you are now free to head back to the ship and attempt to get these to Akaton in six days before they spoil. But we're going to have to find out more about how your journey goes, whether or not you encounter, oh, I don't know, complications next time no. far beyond the stars is a Fantastic Pods production thank you so much for listening to the show if you can't get enough of our crew we also produce a second show the Fantastic Worlds podcast based on the Reign of Winter Adventure Path for Pathfinder 1E we also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram you can find links to all of those and more on our website fantasticworldspod.com if you'd like to support the pod, please consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash, where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows and a whole extra Pathfinder podcast produced exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. I am Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter.
4: I am Heidi. You can find me at Vamihilion. that's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N, on Twitter.
1: It's your boy Jess. Find me at Hank the Clank. What it do. <laughs>
4: <laughs> this is
3: Angel running Miss Fanny, the driving whiz. Oh, my goodness. The driving force. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you can reach me at Espinosa916.
2: This is Dustin. You can reach me at Dustin Alexander on Twitter or Instagram.
0: If you enjoy our show, do us a favor and help spread the word to friends and family. You think also might enjoy the show. And we'll see you next time Far Beyond the Stars.
2: Ah, uh, lawful evil at its best. That was on her. That's on me. I just decimated it's a civilization. So my dying. bad, Why her. My Oops. bad, I decimated an entire civilization.
0: Wah, wah. Okay, uh, Christopher Columbus. Her bad, guys. Oops. Gotta get
4: those creds.
0: <laughs> Gotta get those creds. <laughs> yep. That's really all that matters. Give me that gold, baby.
3: <laughs> I didn't make a backup character just in case. You never know.
0: <laughs> never know. I mean, I might throw one. something super intense at you in the next, like, hour. <laughs> oh,
2: uh, man, Starfinder could be pretty brutal, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I recommend backup characters for everybody.
2: <laughs> oh, shoot.
0: Huh. Um, I will Abby, I will you- do my best not to kill you um, in the first couple weeks, maybe. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I
1: have a question that I should have asked so long ago. Sure. Are we just using the... We didn't roll ability scores, right? we just used the flat ones and then,
0: yeah they, yeah, they, the standard yep. generation, method. just the standard generation, yeah. just making sure, yeah, whatever whatever hero lab had you do, I am fine with, okay,
1: so, had me
4: enter eighteens for all of my stats I don't
0: I am less <laughs> fine, I'm less fine with that, actually, you know what uh let's put everybody send me your character sheets right now to make sure that i don't I don't know if anyone's thirst is going to be activated, hmm. but we'll see I'm constantly surprised
1: yeah you you know don't don't discount me before. <laughs>
0: Well, I can never discount Jess's just general horniness. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's
1: there was my a backup character, general, general, horniness. <laughs> general <laughs> horniness.
0: General <laughs> horniness? <laughs> um,
1: general horniness? War <laughs> criminal. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, no!
3: <laughs> plug and play my ass. You've
1: been plugged in. That means you
3: can play. Okay, well, sorry, wireless mouse. I'll figure you out later. Plug-
1: Did you just say plug and play my ass? <laughs> he, he did. Oh, plug
3: and play comma my ass.
1: Yeah. I knew what you meant, but it was funnier to misinterpret it. <laughs>
3: that could be our outro, right? <laughs> yes.
4: God damn it.